Welcome to episode 218 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stageworthy is a podcast about people in Canadian theatre featuring conversations with actors, directors, playwrights, and more. In this episode, playwright, actor, and member of the Tita Collective, Alia Rasul. So, Happy New Year. I hope that you had a great time over the holidays and that you have the best year ahead in 2020. Next week will be the official four-year anniversary episode, but I wanted to take a moment to thank you again for listening to Stageworthy, whether you are an occasional listener or whether you subscribe to the podcast. If you are an occasional listener and you haven't subscribed, did you know that you can subscribe so that you never miss an episode of Stageworthy? You can do that by searching for Stageworthy on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever you get those podcasts and clicking on the handy subscribe button so that every week the newest episode of Stageworthy will be delivered right to you. And if you subscribe... Let me know that you're a new subscriber. You can find Stageworthy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at StageworthyPod. And you can find the website at StageworthyPodcast.com. And if you want to drop me a line, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Phil Rickaby. And my website is PhilRickaby.com. Just before we get to the episode, I wanted to tell you again about another podcast that I host with my friend Jess McCauley. It's called The Introvert's Guide To, and on that show, Jess and I talk about being introverts in what sometimes seems like an extrovert's world. We choose a topic, discuss our experiences with that topic, and we also find advice from social media and the internet. So check it out. You can find it on Google or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can see regular posts from Jess and I on Twitter and Instagram at introvertguide2, the number two, or at introvertsguide2.com. As I mentioned, my guest is Aliyah Rasool. Aliyah is a Canadian Comedy Award-nominated writer and performer and a member of the Tita Collective who present their award-winning Tita jokes at the 2020 Next Stage Festival starting January 8th and running until January 19th at the Factory Theatre in Toronto. The Tita Collective are also launching a new podcast called Chica Chica with the Titas, and you will find a link to that in the show notes. And here's our conversation. So the Tita Collective, you guys had like a massive, successful fringe festival. Yes. Unsurprising. Yes. To anyone. Because uh, it was... Surprising to us. Was it? Was it really? Yes. Really? Okay. Yes. To the very end, it was surprising to us because we were hustling because like we didn't... Sure, we sold out shows, but we didn't sell out those shows until like the day of. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were like hustling till the yeah. very last minute. Huh. And, I think it only really hit us, like, at the patron's pick thing. Yeah. And then we're like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, so it was a bit overwhelming and awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's it's interesting because, you know, I mean, Fringe is a strange animal. Mm-hmm. And you'd never know. Like, hustle is so important. And, you know, I've seen shows where they're like, oh, it's going to be fine. And they're not doing anything. And you're like, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. You got to get out there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. No. 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 We bust every like we busked and flyered lines every day. I saw you guys oh, yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah, I saw yeah, you guys yeah. out there yeah, yeah, singing yeah. your song. And yeah. Getting, and getting a line of people to sing along. Yeah. <laughs> which is a feat. I think you know secretly everyone in lines just wants to sing a song. Uh, well, I mean that's the only, I mean really that's the only way you're going to get them to sing is yeah. to is to assume they want to sing. Yeah. Um. But here you guys are, and now you're doing essentially a remount of the show mm-hmm. <clears throat> at next stage. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious what how you approach a remount of a show like Tita Jokes. Oh, what do you mean? Like, obviously you you've you've done this you've done this particular show several times, yes. and you're sort of revisiting it each time. Yes. So if somebody saw Tita Jokes at Fringe, yeah. And they wanted to come and see it at next stage. Yeah. What might they see that's different? Or how might it be different for them? So, like, for example, the show had, in French, had five titas. So that's mm-hmm. the, one of the biggest differences that 
Um, and each cheetah has its own, like, kind of through line throughout the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this iteration, we have a sixth cheetah. So it's also like, you know, a few things are going to get recast, yeah. but also there's like a, that new storyline yeah. that we're weaving through. And like, obviously, that has impact on the rest of the narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's also longer. So, like, the fringe one was 60 minutes. Well, obviously less because 60 minutes was like our slot. Yeah. Um, but this one's 75 minutes longer. Mm-hmm. And we actually uh, were really, really lucky enough to get a grant, which was um, we didn't expect that because nice. oftentimes um, sketch comedy or stand up don't really get they don't get you know, those arts council Mm. grants. And we did. So we were able to like invest a little bit in, um, some design and, and, you know, you know, amp up a bit of the, like, you know, like our costumes or props, but we also, I don't want to ruin too much, but like, there is like, we've always wanted to just like add it. Like we want it to be a spectacle. Um, and so we added a few elements, which we'll see (laughs) technically if it works, but I'm really excited. So, so there's a few there's a few cool elements. Nice. Oh, we also hired like um a big part I think that was very surprising about our show to a lot of people is that it was uh um I, I think they're not used to seeing complicated choreography in sketch or any or any real like choreography in sketch comedy. Mm-hmm. Um cuz our show ours wasn't complicated, but yeah. it was a little bit m- more than what you would expect. Sure. So we brought in a choreographer and kind of like leaned into that yeah so yeah so we just like um the thing is teacher jokes is at this point like almost a year old and we've put it up a few times over you know so french may have been like kind of the biggest run that we've done but it started off um with its own small run in like last late february early march Mm. And that show is very different from what you saw in yeah. at Fringe. And, like, our um, challenge to ourselves is just to, like, continuously, like, learn and craft. And, yeah. and, and, the, and the cool thing about what I love about sketch comedy is, like, it's always evolving, right? So yes. the more yeah. you do it, you explore, you experiment, you kind of yeah. come up with new jokes. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, like, it's the same show, <laughs> but, like different like there's a lot of new elements to look forward to but i mean you guys you guys i mean you guys were mentor did some mentorship with sex t-rex absolutely yeah and you know they'll remount stuff yeah people will go and see their stuff like percent yeah millions of times so like obviously sketch is a thing that people like people will go and see again and again yeah because it's never exactly the same yeah um so I mean, this is the, what was it like? Um, like, what did you learn from Sex T Rex? From Sex T Rex? Yeah. Oh well, their Sex T Rex was honestly like a, a surprising choice for us as a mentor when we came when we came down to it, and we were like, "Who do we want to bring in?" And and the answer was Sex T Rex, and we're like, "Oh yeah," because they're kind of they're like also similar to us where they're they have their very specific thing they're kind of in the intersection of like theater and comedy um and uh the other thing is like they're fringe they were they are fringe veterans yeah so they taught us a lot of like the production side but also they taught us um you know sort of how to problem solve Mm -hmm. you know so like ultimately i think what we learned was um, how to dream big in terms of blocking and mm. what we can achieve. Cause they're all about translating film into TV. Yeah. Right. So it's like they're, I think the process, their process for problem solving for like, I don't know. This, this is something, I don't know. They probably have done it, but they're like, Oh, you know, like, uh, what if we want to recreate someone swinging down a chandelier and landing to, to do a sword fight? You know what I mean? Which they probably have done. They probably, they probably have done, done that. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, more like they gave us specific tools mm. and a strategy on how to like okay how do we break that down and how do nice. we make it funny yeah. and like uh sharp yeah so yeah like sexy ricks was amazing yeah. <laughs> well yeah you guys also in in uh the the fringe this summer you made a lot of uh uh, uh philippine x connections throughout the fringe because there was under the bamboo, and there was Monica versus the internet. Yeah, as well as you guys. Yeah, um, and so there was there. 
like you guys were sort of building a, a, a or helping to 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 keep cohesive a, a Philippine X uh, community through yeah yeah yeah. So I think like well we knew that like uh, uh, Byron and Andrea's play through the bamboo uh, was got into fringe like because mm. we got in on a wait list <laughs> so we didn't <laughs> even know that we were going to be in fringe until mm. April right and then um, and I think a lot of us were kind of hoping to like. Well, you know, if I were if I were to audition for a show, it would be through the because it's that's right. the that's the Philippine show of Fringe. And then we got in, and then we were like, "Wow, this is like a really cool opportunity to show like um, a new audience multiple like versions of theater mm-hmm. uh, at Fringe." Yeah. So we like um, so at, from the outset, and then we and then we met. Monica through like you know the forums and it's like hey I'm also like a Philippine show um so from the outset we're like okay well we're gonna do we're gonna help each other we're going to do this together and we're going to like you know create like a narrative and a journey for like new Philippine audiences who had never really come to Fringe before so I feel there were a lot of folks who who came and saw all three shows which is great because I mean when we we talked in the summer we were talking about uh the whiteness of Fringe, but also yeah. how um, sometimes uh, uh, Philippine X audiences aren't used to seeing themselves on stage. Mm-hmm. And so going to theater in some cases was kind of new for them. And especially see if they did go, seeing their own faces reflected back at them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it was very cool to be able to uh, show different aspects mm-hmm. too, right? So, I mean... Each show was such a different flavor. So yeah. it was a really cool opportunity to like, again, it's like getting people used to live audience, uh, to live theater yeah. um, in, in within our community. It's kind of like that's a bit rare and like I yeah. think their expectations are different. So even like let's say if people didn't really like, if people don't really love sketch, then at least they could look at like you know something that's a bit more political mm-hmm. or um or something that was a little bit more like kid friendly and yeah. you know so I yeah I was really proud of us for yeah. being able to do that yeah yeah I mean, but I mean yeah Monica was super like political yeah and really challenging for and I you know I saw it with a predominantly white audience mm-hmm. very obviously very challenging yeah but you know important to sit down shut up and watch but you guys also had some politics in your show yeah yeah um how like addressing politics in the the philippines in canada how does that play with uh with your audience um you know what not sure (laughs) (laughs) not sure Mm. um and i'm actually in terms of edgy material Mm -hmm. um our our mandate is basically to um we pick comedy because it's accessible yeah and we want to be able to talk about things that are challenging but in an accessible way so something that kind of um comes from a more like joyful um does it not that it doesn't have teeth but not Mm -hmm. like not razor sharp yeah right so so yeah so like there were, I won't lie, a few of the <laughs> storylines that we put into uh, Tita Jokes, <coughs> we did um, intentionally. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, the first day, the first time we put it up, we were kind of like, how is this going to be received? Mm-hmm. Um, and what we found was, so we have, like, a very strong, like, um, uh, LGBTQ point of view yeah. uh, with regards to, like, a very specific Tita. And... Um, we weren't sure how that was going to pan out. And, like, you know, there f- people have been reflecting really positively on it. Mm. And that was really encouraging. Um, sure, we still get, like, side comments and that. But also what's more important um, for us is, like, uh, as, this is a love letter to our titas. Mm-hmm. But also the show is for the younger generations, yeah. too. Right? Yeah. So it's, like, giving them an opportunity to be, like, have language and framework to maybe talk about it in an otherwise like in a community that's often like oh let's not talk about that because that's awkward yes but at least now maybe they can start off by laughing at it and be like hey what about that thing you know um we're not going to solve everything but at least i hope we're sparking conversations 
I think that if we go into like theater or a sketch or something like that trying to solve the problem, I think we've made a mistake. Yeah, because yeah. We can't do it, but if we can get people talking about it, then that's that's the most important thing. Yeah, and I think too, it's just like enough. Even without solving it, like just, I think if I were like younger and I saw this show and there, I saw a few. Th- if I saw a lot of things that were on stage, and I'm like, oh, I'm not alone. Yeah, you know. So that's like I think probably um, like the biggest value too yeah. is just like making sure that um, people don't feel like they're alone, yeah. which I don't know, like as a Filipino artist, um, before I got together with the Titas and started focusing more on Philippine work, um, it feels like exploring your own identity and mm. like your journey as an artist can feel like lonely work. Yeah. And ever since I found a community, it's been like so fruitful and it's so good. Yeah. So that's also the other message. It's like the, you know, we're here, we're holding space for each other. We're a community. Community is so important. And, and, and like you're saying about, about exploring your identity without your fellow Titas would, it has been lonely. And now you're mm-hmm. like sort of, you're holding each other up and holding space for mm-hmm. each other, which is great. The, the thing that, that I was thinking of is when we spoke in the summer, you guys sort of mentioned how you were almost surprised to realize that you guys were now Titas. Yeah, when yes. previously Titas were older than you and now yeah. so have you guys have you personally come to terms with being a Tita yet oh 100% <laughs> like I think now that it's not I'm called a Tita yeah. <laughs> for many reasons like one I am a Tita too yeah. because of like my affiliation with this group and this mm-hmm. show um I guess this is really what it feels like to reclaim a word um, yeah. and sort of shift your perspective on it. Um, I think I remember the first time I was called a Tita, I was like in my early 20s. So I had just crossed that, like, I'm no longer a teenager thing. And when I, when I was called a t- Tita, I felt like, off. I honestly felt offended because I was like, what? I'm not old. You know, like, I still remember that visceral, like, feeling where someone's like, hey, uh, say hi to your Tita Alia. And I was like, what? I'm an Ate. Ate means big sister. So it's yeah. usually reserved for like younger folks, I guess. Yeah. Um, but like that feeling and the feeling of people coming, you know, of people like recognizing that I was part of a show being like, oh my gosh, it's, it's a Tita, you know? Yes, yeah. So it totally feels so empowering now mm-hmm. as opposed to before where it was like oh no my time is done <laughs> at, at 21 you know <laughs> um when that was your is your background because you guys the teeters all come from different like um uh, uh, uh disciplines of backgrounds yes. uh, as far as artistic yes. um is your are you more theater or comedy or both um well so i uh uh, my pathway towards theater was comedy, mm-hmm. or is comedy. So I went through the um, improv, the foundations program at Bad Dog Theater, and then I went on to do sketch uh, uh, at Second City through mm-hmm. their conservatory program. Uh, and then after I graduated that, um, I think I kind of like craved more theater. Like that's mm-hmm. when I realized, like, oh, I love being on stage. Um, I love exploring stories. Um, Sketch does that, but, like, I think I really want to do something that's a bit more, you know, uh, that goes into a character in a deeper way. Um, So I I involved myself in in an ensemble, like an ensemble, like a young ensemble creators unit, whatever Mm -hmm. those things. Um, And we, and I co-wrote a play with, what eventually became the Tita Collective. Oh. That's where we met. Hmm. That's where we met. Yeah. So like I'm, I think I do, a, I do a lot of theater in terms of like I'm working on a play. Um, and I think I focus more on writing now. Um, but yeah, I, I did that through comedy because before that, like I worked, you know, like a corporate nine to five <laughs> And I got into improv because I wanted to um, um, get rid of my stage fright. So were you like in like high school and that you weren't doing theater or anything? No, No? I I went to like, I always loved art. So I I always wrote (coughs) poetry and I always loved to paint. Mm -hmm. And I think in my heart, I always wanted to be 
on stage, yeah. but I was just so shy and I had such stage fright. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I guess the creative thing I can do is um, something that's quiet and that I can do in a corner, <laughs> you know? Um, and then, um, but when I went to university, uh, I took economics and psychology and then I went on and got a job and, and did that for a few years until finally um, I was like, ah, I just, what is it? This is it. <laughs> is, is this it? <laughs> so I took an improv class and I just kept going. Mm. And then, yeah, and I haven't stopped since. So that was like four years ago. So were you writing before that? Kind of. Yeah. Not really. Like, mm. I honestly wouldn't have even considered myself like a comedian at all huh. before that. Like, sure, sometimes I'll say something that's funny, but all of us do. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're all pretty funny. Um, but yeah, like, I. Never, like, I always um, identified more as a visual artist um, yeah. and never in my life would have dreamt that I'd be on stage. Like, this, like, what happened at Fringe is, like, something I don't think I could have imagined right. when I was younger. Um, through taking improv, um, what is, do you recall what, first off, like, how was because you know if you're if you're particularly shy and, and now somebody's going to be like get up there oh yeah do a thing how nerve wracking was that the first time um it was nerve wracking <laughs> it was nerve wracking so I actually I had the benefit of having really awesome teachers who really cared mm -hmm. um, and saw something in me when I didn't so when I did. Um, when I did Bad Dog, um, I was taught by Jess Bryson, who is who was also the Academy director, mm -hmm. and and Jess has since become like a good friend. She just has that like nurturing, amazing heart, you know. And um, so <laughs> I don't know if I even did that class, but I know I enjoyed it yeah. because like she just made it so fun. Mm. And um, so I continued, and then one day I get a call. Uh, from someone producing a show called uh, uh, Bad Dog, Little Dog, where they'd pair a brand new improviser up with someone that's very established. And, um, and like, they'd heard from Jess that, like, I'd be a good candidate. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll do it. <laughs> and then I show up and they're like, yeah, you're going to do 10 minutes. And I'm like, I'd never performed on stage. I'd never done more than, like, a short form game. Yeah. And they paired me up with Lisa Merchant, who, like, I was so green back then, I didn't quite understand. I was like, it's Lisa Merchant. Now I'm like, I can't believe I did 10 minutes with Lisa Merchant without <laughs> losing it. Um, but I remember doing that set, and I remember delivering the blow line and having people laugh really hard and blackout going and me feeling so good. Yeah. You know, like, it's just this, like high or like you know it felt so great and i was like yeah this is this is it this is it so when it does and it improv is always hard yeah. for me like um i always i still have stage fright and i think i just have developed tools to manage it now and improv is always hard yeah um but i always go back to like those moments where i'm like no remember those times when you're like this is where i belong yeah so yeah <laughs> was that moment when you got that you got the laugh on the blow line was that like the beginning of your being able to get past the shyness because you know if you hadn't been on stage prior to that um that must have been that that, that must have been something that that, that 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 made you want to go forward with it it certainly helped make me braver <clears throat> so it's like I'm always scared before going uh, up to do yeah. improv, always. <laughs> but also something about um, doing it over and over again. One mm. makes like the losses, <laughs> the, <laughs> the days where it's not so much fun, <coughs> makes it be like, okay, this is this is just another day at work. Mm. Um, and the wins are so amazing, you know, they're so amazing. Yeah. And and improv too itself, like uh, now that I've had some time to really think about it as a craft and um and especially using it um so second city uses improv to create sketch comedy right right um 
I'm not really that great at like put, you know, sitting in front of a laptop and writing, mm. but I can create things, create things on its like, you know, when it's up on its feet. So it's, it gave me a, to, a different way to mm. write. Um, and that was like a really valuable lesson because um, I find that when I try to write a sketch um, on paper, it's like less collaborative and it's more like, okay, this is how it has to be. Mm -hmm. But when it's on its feet, I can bring in like one, two, three, four, five titas. Yes. And then we like ju can jump in. Yeah. So it, it's like, it's a really, it has been like an integral tool for like how we create stuff, mm. especially because um, we're multidisciplinary artists yeah. and come from different worlds. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned like you're always frightened before you get on stage for improv. Oh yeah. What about for Tita jokes? Do you do you, does that scare you or are you good because you have your Titas with you? Um hmm. So one of the yeah, okay. So I still get butterflies. Mm -hmm. I always get butterflies and someone once told me that it's because I care, so I will always just be like, "Hey, great. I still care." <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um and the thing with the Titas is we rehearse a lot. We rehearse a lot, so that also helps. Yeah. You know, but I still do um, a, a lot of my uh, stage fright comes from, like, um, the fear that I'm just going to forget <laughs> what I'm going to do. Yeah. Right? Like, that I'm just going to forget my lines. And because we rehearse so much, I'm like, hey, it's going to be fine. <laughs> well, I mean, that is, that is that is absolutely for sure. Because the more you rehearse, the more yeah. you don't even have to think about yeah. what it is that you're going to say. Because it's just going to be there. Yeah. Um, you, in, in the way that you write, do you, do you, so you write on your feet. Mm -hmm. do, is that how the Tita Collective mostly writes? Is on your feet? Or does yeah. everybody have their own different way of, of working? Everyone has their own different way of working. So, um, for example, sometimes um, we're together a lot, so we riff a lot, and we're always making fun of each other and, like, just joking around. And sometimes, like, a gem comes up, and they're like, okay, and then we riff on that. Um, if there is an idea, like, for example, that I have, um, I go away, maybe flesh it out first, offer it up, and then when it's on its feet and everyone's playing their own characters, then they can start improvising around that character yeah. and add lines and, you know, just punch up. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And, or sometimes, like, it's just someone comes in with a full-fledged sketch, but then, like, you know, again, uh, once you get into the bones of the character, we give, we give each other the trust and the freedom that, you know, you'll respect my point of view. Mm. That I wrote in the sketch, but I also know that you're going to kill it in that character because <laughs> we've we've done this show so many times and we've worked on it. I feel like I haven't stopped working on this show since we wrote it in February. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you guys have had a lot of opportunities to perform it, yeah. which is great. I mean, you've done, you premiered in Toronto, you've been to Montreal twice, you've, yeah. you've done it at the Fringe, at the at Second City, and yeah. now getting ready to do it at, at Next Stage. Yeah. So, like, that's... A lot of having it on its feet to give you yeah. uh, a solid foundation. Yeah. Um, I had a thought. It's gone. All right. Um, when you guys, I mean, uh, I follow the Titas on, on Instagram. I know you guys hang out a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, that's that's going to be like a really important part of what makes the Tita Collective because you guys are like a little family. Um, so that's, that's got to inform both how you work together and, and the work that you do. 100%. Um, how is working with the Titas different from working with another group of performers? Um, I guess with, so with the Titas, because we've worked so much, uh, together, um, we also have learned how to, like we know each other's boundaries really well mm -hmm. and we do function as a family primarily. So we actually, for us, as much as we're a performance group, we're a mutual support group first. Mm -hmm. That's how we started. Yeah. So we, we were in a, in a theater company and then we, we became a network of like, you know, Filipinas who 
we realized we're going, we were each going through kind of a similar thing um, in a different aspect of the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. And so we came together and hung out and we're just, we're just friends. We're friends. Um, like, <laughs> uh, and, and so that's what we were for a whole year before mm. we collaborated again. Mm. Um, and, you know, with having done this show so many times and sometimes like doing uh, runs of it very close to each other can get really stressful. So, mm. and in those times we just remind each other that we are a mutual mm. support group first over a performance mm. group. So that really informs a lot of our decisions and how we approach things. Nice. So we're less worried, like we're more willing to forego an opportunity if it means it's going to stress one of us out. Mm. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. So, uh, so yeah, so we're very aware of each other's boundaries. We're always checking in. We've created a framework and a structure for communicating with each other on a personal and a professional level. Um, so marrying the two is always challenging. And of course, it's a balancing act. Uh, between us six but yeah. we can do it like <laughs> mm -hmm. we can do it you know um i don't know if i could ever replicate this with another group because it did take you know work and investment and also chemistry mm -hmm. like you know at the end of the day um we have the same sense of humor and i think we all we are very different people but Ultimately, we care about the same things and we're very aligned in our goals with this project. Mm -hmm. And we also respect each other's individual career choices. Nice. Yeah. 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 Are there, in terms of when you're creating something for the Titas, are there particular topics that you're more drawn to? My, oh, um, yes. So um, I'm really drawn to, uh, <laughs> like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an immigrant, so, like, in terms of, like, I moved to Canada, so a lot of my family is um, not here. I'm, like, mm -hmm. the first of my family to live in Canada, so so a lot, anything to do with that and, like, homesickness and, mm. like, having family that's far away from you and just, like, uh, you know, like, uh, learning to adapt to a new place, that's something that I really care about. Um mixing cultures because like i also i didn't uh, move here from the philippines i moved here from the middle east which has its own diaspora yeah. of you know so which is also a different they're a f different philippine diaspora completely mm. Mm. um uh so that um of course we'll always talk about like you know feminism and um i really care about uh making sure that there's equity in what we do. So, so things like that. So I do like, I do tend to a little bit more like, um, and I think this stems from like my work uh, at Bad Dog as the inclusion director. So, yeah. so I care about like the politics around POCs and, you know, um, yeah, <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot of things. Yeah. And I also like, like talk about food. <laughs> like just generally, like, is that, do you guys have sketches about food? No, you must have sketches yes, about food. Yes, we do. We have many. <laughs> yeah. How old were you when you came to Canada? 19. 19? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how long were you in the Middle East before you? Um. So in total, like 15 years. Okay. Yeah. So. Oh, maybe more. Yeah. 17 years. 17 years. 17 years in the Middle East? Yeah, I've only lived in the Philippines two years. So that's how that math oh, wow, works okay. out. Yeah. Wow. Um. And so going from, I mean, you, do you have any memories of the Philippines? Yeah. yeah okay. I mean, like, I think when I was in the, when I, when I lived in Saudi Arabia, we, um, we traveled back and forth a lot. Mm -hmm. So I have very like, and I lived there for two years, mm. uh, between the ages of eight and nine. Oh, okay. So those are, yeah. <clears throat> and yeah. And I was just there in September. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so when you, when you think about going home, mm -hmm. uh, which is like, because some people, even though they're immigrants to Canada, they may have lived here a long time. Going home is is flying and going back to the place where they grew up. For you, is home the Philippines or or, or Saudi Arabia? So for um, the longest time, <laughs> when I was in, I was in Saudi Arabia, but I was also in Dubai. Mm -hmm. So when I lived there, going home meant going to the Philippines. Yeah. Um, when I moved here, it was kind of like honestly, 
was a bit whoa, like who am I now? <laughs> so I guess going home would be to Dubai, but I think a part of me home will always be associated with the Philippines. Yeah,、um, that's how Philippine folks in the Middle East are. Like home is the Philippines. Like you don't stay in you don't stay in the Middle East.、Yeah. You go there, you finish your contract. However long, some people are there for a few months. Some people are there for twenty or so years, which at this point my mom has been.、Um, yeah, so home is always the Philippines. Whereas in Canada, like、uh, Canadian Filipinos or Filipino Canadians are like, yeah, this is home. Yeah, which like I'm only now starting to be like, is this home? Because I was in the Philippines in September, but I was in Dubai for three months、um, this time last year,、mm. and I was like, I want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go home. <laughs> and home was here,、okay. so it's a little bit like. Is that disorienting? It is totally disorienting、yeah. all the time. <laughs>、um, but at the end of the day, I think it's、uh, it's more like、uh, where is mom and where is dad?、Mm. Yeah. Is your mom is still in Dubai? Yeah. So my mom is in、uh, Dubai, and my dad has retired, so now he's in the Philippines,、mm-hmm. which is why I was there. Um, recently, <laughs> did you come here with your dad or your mom, or did no, you come for school? I like... came for school and just stuck around.、Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. When、uh, you were here for economics, though, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I studied. Yeah, I went. I moved to Montreal first.、Mm-hmm. Studied economics there. Had a grand old time. As then, one does in Montreal, you know, as、yeah. one does when they're doing economics. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! 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 <laughs> yeah! Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't do, know. Do you still feel like you have an affinity for for economics, or is that like a different life for you?、Um, I think yes. I think what drew me to I did economics and psychology, and I think what drew me to that is like it's you know a study of be an aspect of behavior, right? It's like how people make decisions,、mm-hmm. and that's always been interesting to me. And I think in all of my work right now, so you know. Trying to get into like how people make the de- decisions, what their motivations are. That is very much in like theater and like comedy work. So yeah, so that thread has stayed.、Um, can I d- offer up an economic analysis of what's happening right now? No, I can't. <laughs> and please don't ask. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I wasn't. I wasn't going <laughs> to、yeah, go for yeah. that. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> people, have people asked you for that? Like, oh no, no, no. Like, no. oh, you used to do economics. Tell me about. What's happening now in the world of the economy? Do people do that, or do they let that go? <laughs> no, they let that go.、That's、I always、good. say、yeah. I'm a comedian first, <laughs> and they're like, "Great, that's far more interesting." Are you, to talk are you a lapsed economist? Is that what we would call that? Oh, you know、again? what? Yes, <laughs> I am a lapsed economist. I like that. Yes.、Um, do you? Are, are there any parallels to you in those? Because these. Two things seem very different: the the economist and the comedian.、Mm-hmm. Um, are there any parallels between them that you can see, or or is it like because it is like a different life for you? Yeah. Well, I mean, this would assume that I actually、uh, tried to live an economist's life, which I pretty much.、Um, My second year of university, I was like, "This is not for me." <laughs> oh, but you 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 finished it. Oh, you I went. Fin- you went and got a job in it. Uh, no, I did not. Oh, okay. I finished the degree、yeah. and then went and worked at advert in advertising. <laughs> oh,、okay. which seems more one. It seems to the outside eye more creative than yeah. the economist. Yeah. yeah, I think like、uh, I don't even know really. Like I think I assumed. McGill would have like an arts program and be like, "Sure, I can do、um, economics by day and pottery by night." I don't know what <laughs> I was. You know what? I was nineteen, making grown-up decisions that I wasn't that prepared. That's so、for. hard to do. <laughs> we make it. We make children make these important decisions. Yeah.、Um, were you?、Um, so you you finished the program, but at, like you you decided like pretty quickly in that it was not for you. Yeah. So now somebody from Canada would be like, "Why I'm not going to do that anymore?" They would quit. Yeah. Is is there like did, was that ever something you even considered? Was quitting the program during the program? No,、yeah. and I really wish I had.、And、you know what? <laughs> you know what? In part, like I really should have just um gone to my guidance counselor. I don't know. I think about that a、mm-hmm. lot. I think about that a lot. And I'm like, what? What could I have done 
to have to inform myself. But that's the thing. Like, um, I think coming from my high school, for example, always sort of wrote your path for you, mm. you know. And the expectation was like, well, you're gonna go be a business person, a doctor, an engineer. So those like even those programs within Canada is like very clear. You know, you have they have very rigid paths. Yeah. Like my uh, my brother studied in Waterloo and he had very like a first year you do this, second year you do that, third year. Mm-hmm. And I was like <laughs> the black sheep of my high school and went and um tried to get a bachelor of arts degree that was a little bit more like um um like kind of a choose your own adventure, right? Yeah. Um and I just it never crossed my mind that I could have, like, that I had any power over my degree. I was like, no, well, I said it, I got in and I said I was going to do this. Huh. Um, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> um, I just didn't think, of, I just didn't think. And mm. I, I totally had the power. Um, I'm pretty sure if I wanted to change my degree and my parents and, like, explain to my parents, they totally would have been like, sure, yeah, go for it. Just didn't think about it. What I did do in university, and I'll, this is probably why I didn't have time to really uh, uh, dig into that stuff is because I took, um, I, I worked at a coffee shop, which I loved. I loved working at a coffee shop. I didn't have a chance to take a, like an after school job in Dubai. You're not really allowed to. Um, so working at that coffee shop, like opened me up to like people that I would have never otherwise been um, exposed to. Um, it was my first like real life job. <laughs> so I really learned a lot. And then um, I loved coffee and I just loved interacting with people. And I think I realized I really love, um, you know, like I, I think community was really important to me and serving food and making sure people are fed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, eventually I stayed in that coffee shop throughout my whole university. That's yeah. how I paid rent. And I stayed a little bit longer, like maybe six months before I got my gig at um, an ad agency. And yeah, and actually, like, that's why I moved to Toronto. So I, um, the headquarters of that coffee shop had a job opening. And I was like, well, I have a degree. I have work experience. And I worked in your coffee shop for six years. So... Was it six years? Yeah, because I worked wow. Sunday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even even when I worked in an ad agency, I loved the coffee shop so much. I worked on sun like worked Sundays, um, and that's why I moved to Toronto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, wow. Because because the the it's funny because the not thinking that you have the agency to make that change. Yeah. Is it, it's so? It, if it's a thing that you don't think you can do, then of course. You would never, it would never occur to you that you could change. Yeah. Um, but you were also mentioning the things that you, like, what could you have done? It, it, do you ever think to yourself that the reason why you, one of the reasons why you are where you are now is because you didn't? That, like, the choice that you made led you to the titas and the tita jokes and all of that stuff. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think, like, um... I don't look at that time with regret. Like, sometimes I think about, like, I wish I had studied something (laughs) else. (laughs) And I am curious about that. But I had a great time. Mm -hmm. I loved my professors. I loved my study groups, even though I didn't go off. (laughs) Um, I really loved working in the coffee shop and the community I built there. Um, And some people I still, you know, still am in touch with. And then, like, I do believe that it was an integral, like, part of this journey mm. to getting here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's 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 different about um, getting ready for next stage as opposed to getting ready for Fringe? Well, so Fringe, um, we were still building the show. So as much as, like, we had written a big chunk of it um, in February and presented it, um, so there are also like, we did there. Well, one of us couldn't go. So that's why there's six of us now. Mm. <laughs> there's six of us now. Um, and Paula had to go away for the summer. So mm-hmm. we brought in Ellie Posadas. Um, so that's why there's six. And so we also had to rewrite a few things because, um, we felt that we couldn't put up, um, APs. 
sketches without mm-hmm. her. Right. And we wanted to give Ellie a chance to make her mark on this too, so that sure. she feels like it's it's her show, and um, which was great because she's an amazing writer. Um, yeah. Uh, and what was different about that? Like, so I think getting used to having a, a new cast member at the point, which was so easy because yeah. <laughs> Ellie was actually like um, a part of like the first time we'd ever done sketch together, which was a year before. So it was very easy. Um, what do you call it? We brought in a director who wanted also to make a bunch of changes, which was amazing. We brought in a music director who also, mm. you know, so um, I feel like we all, we we're always trying to add a layer of complication <laughs> 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 to the show. Um, I think we learned a lot from the first draft and we really wanted to flesh out their characters more. So mm-hmm. it really did feel like we rewrote the whole show. Yeah. Um, and we, uh, well, what's different between Tita jokes and like any sketch that I have ever done. Um, and it's not a fair comparison because oftentimes any other sketch shows that I've done, uh, I don't get to perform them again and again and again. So right. I never really get to dig deep into anything I've written for those sketch shows. But Tita jokes, uh, I got to really, you know, like, okay, what is her through line throughout yeah. this show? What does she care about? Um, yeah. So there was a little bit more, like, I guess, dramaturgical work sure. um, in the Fringe version. And then next stage is um, still same. Like, again, we keep going deep into their characters, uh, trying to discover something new about them, trying to discover their relationship with each other. But also there's, like, oh, I don't want to ruin it. But, like, <laughs> we added, like, a few technical Spectacular. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't, I don't like, want you to ruin these things. I know, I, don't, don't ruin I'm really, yeah. like, uh, we, we're really grateful to have, like, the support of that grant. Um, and we, you know, our community, our little Tita jokes and our own, like, artistic community keeps growing, um, because we brought in new artists. Yeah. Um, and so it'll be fun to see how it all comes together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's more like visual, like more visual things, more dancing, more complicated music, more instruments on stage. So it's just like, yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. You guys did add some spectacle, oh. even without the surprise, whatever the the surprise that you don't want to ruin. But like, it sounds <laughs> like there's a lot more to it now. Yeah, yeah. So it, I maybe like. <laughs> Is Fringe like a workshop and this is like the, I don't know, like the world premiere? I think that's what it's supposed yeah, to be. Yeah. I mean, we in, in Toronto, Fringe is like a little bit different because audiences and, and the media almost demand a certain amount of, of, of polish to a show. But Next Stage is supposed to be the, these shows from Fringe or Fringe artists are ready for the next stage mm-hmm. of their lives. So in a way, Fringe was the workshop and this should be. Like the premiere, the the new the the new thing, the new hotness. Yeah, that feels yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, that feels right, and I'm very excited and very. I think we between now and then we've also all, I certainly have like matured as a writer and matured as like um, as a performer mm-hmm. in the short time. Maybe not matured, but like have grown. Sure. <laughs> Let's say I'm on my way to maturing, but yeah, I I really feel like I've grown, um, especially even understanding what the sketches are about. I think every time we put them up, they start to feel different. Um, it also depends on the audience. Yeah. Um, I know there, there are, there have been like performances where it's like, wow, why did that sketch feel different today? Yeah. And then we like break that down and discuss that and then fold that into the show. It, at fringe, you guys ended up with a, with a couple of awards for, you were patron's pick? Yes. You also had the... The Second, the Second City. City yeah. Um, what was, like, what was that like for you guys? Like... Um, well, patron's pick, we were kind of like, okay, that one's like a numbers. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a numbers thing, and we hustled. <laughs> so we were... But we weren't <clears throat> sure. We weren't sure, because, like, Tarragon Main Space had amazing productions yeah. in it. So we were kind of like, if we get it, that'd be nice. Um, so, so yeah, like we knew we were in contention for it. Is that the word? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we were, <laughs> um, but the second city comedy award was a complete surprise. I remember when I was at the fringe tent, um, or the patio rather, 
um, we got the patrons pick. We're like, great. Okay. So we start. So I was like, I can dig into my food now. <laughs> so I was like about to like <laughs> shove like a big like spoonful of rice and like beef into my mouth. I was like literally like halfway. And they're like, and the second studio where I go see to jokes, I was like, what? <laughs> you guys didn't know about that one before, before they no. asked like, Oh my God. No. Did we? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. No. No. Yeah, no. That's good then. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa, did some of us do? I don't know. I, I certainly was very surprised. Yeah. I mean, I know like they had sent a second juror to mm-hmm. our show and we were like, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe that means something, but you, you, you're you never sure. Yeah. Maybe like they needed to, I don't know. But yeah, that was like an awesome surprise and it yeah. felt... It felt very important because I think because um, I had done the Second City Conservatory program mm-hmm. and the I did the Bob Curry program, so I have a lot of connection to Second City. And you know what? Like they're <laughs> and they're like this big cultural institution where a lot of comedians that I respect, you know, have performed on that stage. Yeah. So to get that award for like something that we created and was original to us, like felt very meaningful. Mm. Yeah. What was, uh, you guys had two performances at the John Candy. Yeah. Yeah. So we actually had two and then we sold those out. (laughs) So they gave us a third one. Oh, wow. I didn't even know about the third one. (laughs) They gave us a third one. So we were all like, what do you think? (laughs) Can we do three shows back to back? (laughs) <laughs> yeah and, and did you yeah we did it it was exhausting i bet it was exhausting but it was really like one it was really fun and um it was kind of an amazing way because the week after that we kicked off process for next stage right so doing the show three times um one make sh- sure you remember what the show was yeah, yeah. And, and also it's like oh you know like i tried this thing in this show and then this thing in this show and that was cool so it was actually i don't know maybe that's part of a process now doing yeah. it three times in a row but mm. it's exhausting it's a physical show at the end of the show uh izzy was doing like the outro and she was she was like not speaking words anymore. <laughs> <laughs> she looked like she was about to speak yes. words, like she's very confident, very solid lady. <laughs> but she was like, ah, blah 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these things—not just physically, but these things do take a lot of concentration. They yes. take your brain and 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 your body. So three in a row has got to be pretty exhausting. It was exhausting. It was, but it was a lot of fun. Good. It was a lot of fun. Good. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, thank you for having me. This has been a Homebody Productions production.